Welcome back to the Buffalo Wild Wings pregame show. Jack Sedegan here with Greg Walker, one of the Atlanta Braves' roving hitting instructors. Thanks for joining us on the pregame today, Greg. Good to be with you. You're making a stop here in Montgomery, helping some of the guys out hitting. What is it exactly you do for the Atlanta Braves now to help out uh, these younger prospects? Well, um, this is my first year actually doing the roving thing. Uh, I... Uh, I, I took the job, kind of a last-minute deal, because of our the guy that did it last year uh, refused the vaccine, and so he's not with us anymore. But uh, anyway, we have a really good set of affiliate hitting coaches, very experienced. They know what they're doing, and I'm just around to, to kind of you know be a second set of eyes, you know, offer opinions and mostly you know just work with the coaches to help the players. I, you know, I, I know most of these players on this team and have known them for a, a lot of years. So, um, you know, I can give some insights here and there, but mostly just to support the, the affiliate coach, which Mike Bard does a great job here. Now, you've had a long career. You played for the White Sox in the 1980s, then came back, coached 10 years later. How did you get involved in the Atlanta Braves organization when you came over to Atlanta in 2012? Well, I was lucky, you know, uh, I was a member of the White Sox family and owner of the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, a dear friend of mine, and and uh, asked me to, for years to get back into hitting because my first big league hitting coach was Charlie Lau, and Jerry loved Charlie Lau and wanted me to carry on his legacy. So I went back to Chicago for 10 years and won a World Series there and had a lot of fun. But I left and the Braves called and said they wanted to interview me for that job. And being from Georgia, growing up a life, you know, lifetime Braves fan, it was just like almost too good to be true. Had some really good young players at the time, and you know, we didn't end up winning a World Series while I was at coaching there. But uh, after that, uh, I was there for three years as the big league hitting coach in Atlanta. And then uh, when we started our rebuild, I just felt like it was somebody else's turn. You know, I'd had my chance, and but I still loved the Braves and wanted to stay involved, and they wanted me to stay involved, so I became a a special assistant and helped with the amateur draft and the minor league hitting. And in the last two years, I've been more involved just in, in the minor league hitting. Uh, being a part of this organization, you've gotten to work with some great guys. A couple that stand out, you caught Chipper Jones in his last year, Brian McCann, Freddie Freeman. What's it like to get to work with that caliber of player? Yeah, I've been, I've been blessed in the fact that I've I don't, played with a lot of Hall of Famers. <clears throat> not, not a lot, but played with some and against a lot. And when I came over to Atlanta, obviously Chipper was Chipper a long time before I met him. But it was a lot of fun to be with him that last year and, and watch, watch him just go about his business. I mean, true pro. And then, you know, B-Mac was you know, with us there for a few years, could really hit. Uh, but he moved on in the free agency. And Freeman was the constant. Freeman and Hayward were there the three years that I was there and a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we had good teams. We didn't have a great team. You know, we, we made it to the playoffs two out of three years. But uh, it was pretty obvious that Freeman was ultra special, you know, the first time I ever saw him. I mean, it's, uh, he's a freaky, freaky hitter. You know, to be able to do what he does, a man the size he is, it's, it's just unreal. And if he stays healthy, he's a Hall of Famer. Where did you see him grow the most in your time when you were the hitting coach in Atlanta? You know, Freddie is, I, I call him low maintenance because he really, he's been doing what he does since he was in Little League. And his routine is very simple. You know, he doesn't try to do too much in BP. He just goes and, he, and does what Freddie Freeman does. And, 
you know, it holds up. You know, there was probably two or three times every year where he got a little out of whack, and he might go in the video room one time a year to look at video on mechanics. But short of that, it was all just a feel for him, and he repeated his mechanics so well that, it, you know, it was obvious that he's, he's that good. When you look at younger hitters that are coming up, still developing as prospects, what are the first few things you're looking for when you're evaluating their swing and where they're at in their game? Well, the two things you look at for me with, with young kids is, uh, first of all, you know, as a hitting coach, you can pick different things about almost any young player's swing that you need to work on. And so we're always in, in, in work mode, but uh, hopefully we get on the maintenance mode. But they have to have a big enough engine that to compete at the big league level. And it does take a big engine, but it doesn't have to be, you know, as big as Freddie Freeman, necessarily 6'5", 240. But uh, they do have to have enough. And the biggest thing is aptitude, you know, the ability to make adjustments because it's, it's from day to day, at bat to at bat, week to week, month to month, year to year, you know, level to level, there's adjustments to be made. And hopefully we can get them in maintenance mode where they're just going in the cage every day to work on their swing and get it right and then go play the game and take the test. And uh, so really, you know, I scouted for seven years just going around the country looking at probably the top 25 or 30 hitters in the country. And it might be a high school kid in Seattle or it might be a college kid in Arizona or wherever. And you find that a lot of them have the big engine, but the, the separator usually ends up being the, the aptitude. Can they make adjustments? Because anybody that plays this game, it's a game of adjustments. Drew Lugbauer is a guy that has a lot of pop that you've worked with throughout this week. How is his process coming along developing? He has the power, obviously, but still working to continue to improve. Well, Luggies came a long way in the last couple of years. You know, the COVID year, missing that year yeah. didn't help him. But he came back last year, and I could just tell the first day of spring training that he was on a mission. And, he's, you know, he put up a really good year last year, and he's doing the same thing this year. But he's still working to tighten things up, you know, to improve his, his, his mechanics, get where he can repeat them more often. And then his decision-making, you know, where he can, uh, you know, not swing and miss as much like all, everybody in today's game is trying to get better at that, game planning, that type of stuff. But it's been fun to watch him grow. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's on pace. He's doing some really good things. And uh, I'm just happy for him because he had kind of, the, the, you know, the year before COVID and then the COVID year is just kind of like he missed he missed some valuable time. And now I think he's just catching up from missing that. And he's putting up good numbers. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate having you around this week. And it's been great getting to interview. Same here. The Buffalo Wild Wings pregame show will continue right after this on 103.9 WYAB.